Welcome to the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here's your host, Aaron Arnstein. Welcome to episode 89 of the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast, and I'm joined with our very own Friday night starter and first team All-Big Ten nominee, Jason Savicole. Savvy, how are we doing today? Good, good. Doing well. Excited to, to get on here. Yeah, big, big week ahead. Got the two midweek games and, of course, a very big series against Indiana on the weekend. Uh, you know, first, I want to talk about the season before we get into some other things. Um, you know, I think a word to describe a lot of your outings this season has been gritty. We saw the tough first inning a couple weekends ago in Iowa, uh, the 118 pitch outing, which is a career high for you against Rutgers, nearly a 30 pitch first inning against Ohio State two weeks ago. What do you do to stay mentally strong on the mound, you know, when you're facing adversity in situations like that? Um, yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, you know, I think my freshman year really helped me out a lot. Um, down the stretch of my freshman year, I struggled quite a bit. Um, I was pretty tired, just having long innings, kind of struggling. And it wasn't really necessarily I was struggling just throughout my whole outing or something like that. It was more so one inning would compound or two different innings would kind of compound and, and make it kind of a poor outing. Um, so I've just kind of learned from that to to be mentally strong, kind of weather the storm um, and just continue to pitch. Um, you know, I just have to have the internal confidence to say, all right, like they may have got me here. Um, they may be getting me right now, but, uh, you know, I'm going to prevail through this. I'm going to push through it. Um, and I'm going to end up on top, you know, cause I'm confident in my abilities as a pitcher. So, you know, that's, that's really just all that runs through my mind. And, and you talk about the confidence and you can see that on the mound. Now, what are you working with, with coach Mo to try to take your game to the next level, whether it's mental or whether it's physical? Yeah, for me, it's, it's definitely the mental piece that'll take me to the next level, kind of eliminating, um, some of the things with poor body language sometimes, um, you know, sometimes I make a couple pitches in a row that aren't too great and I'm frustrated with myself because I'm just really, you know, competitive. Um, and I just got to do a better job of, of kind of not showing that at all. Um, um, being a little bit more, um, I, I wouldn't say emotionless because I think that having confidence and powerful emotion is a, is a good thing for my game. Um, that confident emotion, but having that negative emotion displayed out on the mound is definitely something that I want to avoid. So, you know, that's kind of been working to, to continue to iron out and it'll, you know, it'll continue to be a, a long process and throughout my whole career, it'll, it'll be different. Um, you know, some days mentally, you just don't feel as good as others. So um, some days it's just tough, um, but you just have to keep battling through and, and just try your best to not give the other team an edge in any way. Um, so I think that's the thing that I've really just been trying to work towards improving and continually improving. And uh, take me back to March 7, 2021. That was the day you made your first collegiate start, the complete game shutout against Michigan State. Uh, what do you remember from that day, from that start, just the whole experience? Yeah, um, you know, it was a really special one for me. I was able to throw a complete game against Michigan State. Uh, and it was a huge, uh, huge end game to a four-game set. Um, we had lost the first three, started off the season pretty much as bad as you could, like, do, uh, essentially. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I was able to put together a really good performance, got a lot of ground balls, um, didn't really strike anybody out, um, which was kind of the, the case my whole freshman year uh, until I just improved my body forward. Um, but, you know, just 
worked really hard, try to get ground balls, try to get weak contact. I don't really remember much from the outing personally. I kind of blacked out a little bit. Um, you know, I think, you know, some guys, their first college outing either goes really poorly or it goes really well. And I don't think it has any bearing on how good or not good they are. I think it's just more so of sometimes you get so nervous that it kind of blacks you out and you don't think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get so nervous that you think too much um, when, when you get step into your first college outing. Um, so I think I was just lucky enough on that day to be so nervous that I couldn't even think about anything. <laughs> and I just was like, all right, whatever pitch is going down, I guess I'm just going to try and throw it in this location. Cause I have no idea what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of a, a little bit of a blackout moment. So I don't really remember much, but it was definitely a special one for sure. So you come to Maryland. We, we talked about the success that you've had. Uh, what went into the decision to come into Maryland? Because, you know, before you arrived, this team was a 500 club in 2019. And, and you know, it was hard to envision the success that you guys have had the last couple of years. So so what, what went into the decision to, to come to College Park? Um, it really had to do with the coaching staff, mostly. Um, I just believed in, in this, you know, albeit young coaching staff, um, really passionate and energetic coaching staff that they could kind of you know lead this team to what I thought Maryland should be as a program and I wanted to be a part of that um you know so for me it was just really about the people um that were involved in the program um everybody that I had talked to from um you know coach mascara at the time uh to coach Vaughn coach Papio coach Swope all those guys um I just felt really really good energy around them um like they were really just obviously extremely passionate about the program uh, didn't seem like they wanted to be anywhere else but in this program, um, which was, you know, another factor. Obviously, the the coaching carousel is is expansive. You know, coaches leave and go other places very often. And um, but it just felt like these guys really wanted to build what was around here. And that that mattered a lot to me. And that's something that I really wanted to do and partake with them. Um, so that kind of really led into my decision. And then you know, after seeing, you know, I was kind of the first player in my class to commit, but the classes ahead of me, um, I could see they were pretty good. I had seen a couple of those players before I had committed and after I had committed that, you know, they were really good players and they were going to do a lot of good things at the next level. Um, and then, you know, as my class started to get filled out, it was pretty obvious that we were going to have a talented group when we came here and that just continued to, to, kind of put my commitment here um, and and continue that. So, yeah, I think it was really just had to do with the people um, really that were surrounding this program and how, how passionate everybody is about it. Now, do you, do, you, uh, do you think that is a benefit in recruiting to some of the guys in terms of having such a young, a young coaching staff? You know, obviously Rob Vaughn, he's been here for 10 plus years and same with Swope, but these are younger guys compared to some other head coaches or other assistant coaches at other programs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's important. Um, you know, I think it's, it's nice to know that, um, you know, they probably, you know, they're not going to be retiring. Uh, <laughs> it's not like uh, an older coach that has a chance of retiring after whatever year you come into the program or something like that. So, um, you know, you kind of have an understanding that you're probably going to have some consistency with the coaching staff. Uh, you might not get other places, which, which matters. Um, but I think, more so than being young, it was just the the passion and energy that mm-hmm. you see from from the coaching staff here. 
is what really drives it forward. I mean, Coach Morrison, uh, our pitching coach, is one of the most passionate guys you'll ever meet in your entire life. Anytime he talks about the game of baseball, it's clear that he's in love with it. Um, it's clear that he he really has started to love this place um, in Maryland and um, wants to just continue to further it. So, um, you know, just all throughout the, the list of coaches, there's just a lot of passion um, involved in it. And I think that's the main drawing point, I think, for, for recruits and myself. And going back to your high school days and just, I guess, before your high school days, living in Baldwinsville, uh, you know, what, what was it like pitching for them? Because I think it was the Baldwins, Baldwinsville Bees and then the Baker High School, correct? Yeah, yep. Okay. So, yeah, what, what was that like in that run to the state championship game in, the, in 2018? Yeah, um, you know, it was awesome. I have a lot of love and respect for everybody involved with the Baldwinsville program from top to bottom. Um, you know, from all the way down the little leagues, um, all the way through um, our Baldensville Swarm travel team, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Baldensville High School, obviously, and the coaches involved with you know modified through varsity. Everything there is, it, again, just like here, it's all about people, and that's what makes all that special. Um, you know, the cool thing about my area in Baldensville is that you know we had a local travel team, Baldensville Swarm. So we all grew up playing together all the time, um, you know, pretty, pretty much from age nine or 10, we were all playing together all the time, every summer. Um, and then we were playing each other and with each other in the little leagues. Um, so all the way through, you know, everybody, it wasn't like, you know, people played on other travel teams, people played on Syracuse sports zone, myself included, people played on other travel teams, you know, more nationally or, or even around the area, but everybody played on Baltonsville Swarm and we all played together. Um, and so to eventually um, reach the high school level in my sophomore year, being able to take it to the state championship, um, eventually ended up losing to a really good Massapequa team. Um, but it was just really, really special to kind of do it with the guys that I grew up playing with for so long. Um, and also with, with some of the coaches that I grew up with for so long. Um, you know, my dad always had a hand in coaching my teams and he's an assistant coach on the varsity team. Um, uh, Randy Ray, um, a guy who, um, Nate Ray was my teammate for years. He was my catcher, um, for years. And, and his father was a coach for us through Baldensville Swarm pretty much all the way up and, and was always there supporting us. Um, so just a lot of people that were really, really special in making all that happen is, it was really cool. I, I, uh, you know, I still, have a lot of respect for for everybody uh, back in Baldensville and and I still ask those coaches um, all the time you know what they're seeing what I can do better what I can improve because I really do trust them so yeah I mean that's <laughs> I know I got pretty far into that but I just wanted to put that out there because I do have really a lot of love for my hometown I'm, I'm kind of a homebody myself so yeah no that's great that's great I I I uh I love I love the passion you can feel it you know for for your hometown New York so you go from Baldwinsville uh you know Baker High School then you come to Maryland here in College Park and you get the opportunity to pitch for Team USA uh you know what what was that like and how is that different from pitching you know in College Park or you know up in New York Yeah I mean it's definitely special um you know one of the things that was said to us from the very beginning um, you know, from the coaches over at the USA squad is, you know, when you step out there in that field, it's going to feel different. Um, you know, having USA across your chest, 
and playing for your country is is it's going to feel a lot different. There's going to be a lot more nerves involved than any other game you ever played in your life. And that was definitely true. Um, it was just an unbelievable experience. Um, both experiences that I had um, with the 18U national team um, going over the World Cup in, in South Korea. Um, that was an unbelievable experience. Um, managed to walk away with a silver medal. Uh, you know, obviously wish we could have gotten gold, but pretty good Chinese Taipei team uh, knocked us off. Um, but, you know, it's it's just an honor, um, both situations and also with the collegiate national team. Um, you know, didn't end up making the team um, with that, but was able to train with them and and learn from some great coaches along the way. And I think that's, you know, what I really took from it the most is is the pride that it was, you know, wearing my country across my chest and, and going to battle against other other countries, um, but also the amazing coaches along the way um that kind of just had a hand in my development um and and just you know kind of taught me to be a better player better person all that kind of stuff so yes i uh i look very fondly upon you know uh, my usa experience both of them um so yeah yeah you touched on that that you went to south korea for that u18 team um you know we saw in the world baseball classic this year just how baseball crazy some of those asian countries are like japan south korea did you Mm -hmm. get you get a sense of that when you were when you were there pitching yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we have some pretty some pretty deafening crowds and we we weren't necessarily in major stadiums or anything like that. Um, we were at a kind of a complex um in, in Busan, South Korea. And uh, but you know, there were definitely some countries that really brought it. Um, you know, even some um, you know, Latin American countries and stuff like that that really brought the energy all the time and provided a, a new environment that I hadn't really played baseball in before. Um, you know, obviously with a lot of the instruments and bells and whistles that are going off all the time uh, throughout the game, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I kind of liken it to like a party environment where it's just like everybody's just constantly having fun at, at the baseball game as it's going on and and cheering on and supporting uh their team their country and it, it's really really cool um and i think that's why you know things like the world baseball classic um you know like the the under 18 under 16 you know world cup things like that are are really really cool events that you know people should continue to tune into because it's just it it's an awesome experience and there are definitely a lot of you know different cultures that baseball comes from that makes it a lot different um in a lot of different environments which is really cool yeah, we saw we definitely saw the game grow over the past, you know, over the past World uh, Baseball Classic cycle. It was pretty cool to watch. Now, I wanted to ask you about uh, your nickname. I haven't heard you call this yourself, so I'm interested to see if a lot of people, you know, call you this. But the doctor, as you know, is that something that you know, do a lot of people refer to you by your nickname? And how did that all come about? Um, you know, I, I've gotten some conflicting answers about how this all came about. I have no <laughs> idea where it really came from. Um, it's mostly the coaching staff that calls me that, um, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I like the nickname myself. It's, it kind of came from the way that I pitch. Um, it's, you know, kind of a surgical style of pitching where I'm, you know, cutting them apart, I guess is Mm -hmm. is the way that, that they kind of describe it. Um, which is why I got the nickname. So, um, you know, I, you'd have to ask some of the coaches, I guess, if uh, (laughs) you wanted to hear the true story of how this this came about. Um, uh, I can't remember who told me this, but um, some coach I had in the past told me that uh, everybody has a nickname with with whatever coaching staff. It's just whether or not it gets brought out. Uh, 
kind of gets brought out um, that that matters. But everybody has some sort of nickname about something. So, um, yeah, no, but it's a it's a pretty cool nickname. I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but but I, I like it. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to ask this weekend, uh, Coach Swoper Vaughn. See, get go straight <laughs> to the source for that answer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Going back to last year, uh, you know, there was a good article that came out, you know, about Ryan Ramsey and, J- and you and then and Dino last year about kind of your guys' relationship. Um, you know, what was your relationship like with, with guys who are now in the pros, like like Sean Burke, like, uh, you know, like Rammer? And then do you still keep in touch with them? What's that like uh, now in your relationship with like them? Yeah, um, you know, for the most part, I, I kind of try to let those guys focus on what they need to focus. But, um, of course, you know, keep in contact with, with a lot of those guys, you know, Troy Streffler, uh, guys with the Phillies, um, you know, we were roommates here in college park. So, you know, keep in touch with him pretty frequently. Um, and it, I just always follow along with what those guys are doing though. Cause it's really, really cool. Um, it's good to see, you know, former teammates of mine really, you know, excelling at the next level. Um, like I knew they would, um, you know, like Ryan Ramsey has had two great starts to start out his year this year. Um, you know, Sean Burks and AAA, obviously, um, you got some guys who are putting up some great numbers and in, in high A ball with, you know, Troy Schreffler, Randy Bednar, Ben Cowles, you know, guys like that, they're that just excelling, um, you know, obviously Bubba, Crystalline as well. Um, so it's just really awesome to see. I kind of try to follow along as much as I can, always checking up on what they're doing. Um, and it's just really cool. And it kind of shows me that, you know, I can get to that point too, um, which I think is really important to to see guys do it before you. Um, kind of gives you a roadmap of how how everything shakes out and gives you just more information about you know what what all of this um, process of um, you know working towards the draft and working towards professional baseball um, you know kind of amounts to be. So um, you know, I just think it's it's been really really cool to see what they've been able to do. And then you know, talking about the relationship with those guys, and then. This year, of course, you know, the the weekend starters, the usual weekend starters, you, Dino, and then Kyle McCoy. Um, what's your relationship like with them? Because you got, you know, a veteran in Nick Dean, and then you have a freshman in Kyle McCoy. So so how do you interact with them and kind of help each other out to become better pitchers? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we just do, you know, a lot of just like, you know, hitters do. Um, you know, we kind of communicate about the hitters um as we go throughout the weekend like hey this guy's been seeing this well this weekend things like that um just little things like that but you know mostly um we have very different styles of pitching uh, very different pitches things like that which is why we work together so well on the weekend um so what one guy does in their approach is going to be a lot different from the next guy um you know i'm going to go out there and i'm going to throw a lot of sinkers sliders things like that dean's going to go out there he's going to throw you know a riding four seam and a change up um, and then McCoy's going to go out there, throw from multiple slots, uh, mix it up really, really well, throw a ton of strikes. Um, so we all kind of have different approaches to to the way we, you know, go through our games. Um, so we kind of, you know, just try to give each other little tips and stuff like that about, you know, what this hitter's looking like and things like that. But um, for the most part, um, you know, kind of leaving it to ourselves to to go out there and, and play our games, um, which I think is really important to just kind of keep continuing to play to our strengths. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the base communication that that goes on with us is just you know little things here and there, but uh, mostly just leaving each other to um, you know go attack with our games and and not try to think too much about it. 
Now, uh, I want to go back. I saw a tweet back in, I think it was February, you know, the Ole Miss series. Uh, you had the missing bag saga with uh, with Southwestern. What what exactly happened there? You know, they they like lost your bag or whatever and the glove. What? what, what was oh, that? yeah. Yeah. So I um on our trip down to South Florida the week before um, we came back from our trip and my bag mysteriously disappeared. Um, the only time in my life that I've ever checked my glove in a checked bag, of course, oh is the, that that particular bag goes missing. So the new glove that that I had gotten, um, you know, goes missing. I don't have it. Okay. I have to break out the old glove. Um, I didn't really have a great start. My first start um, with the new glove, break out the old glove, throw a really, really good one against Ole Miss. And uh, Coach Mo looked at me after the game and said, you know, you can never use that glove again, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Even if I get it back. I'm probably not using that thing again. Probably going to stick with the old one that's treated me well. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually ended up getting the bag back. Okay. And a couple of weeks down the line, got the glove back. But, um, yeah, Mo, Mo just told me to throw the glove under the bed. Don't look at it. Don't touch it because it's got some bad juju in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're sticking with the tan one. So, yeah. <laughs> There must have been a so you lost it when you were coming back from South Florida USF is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I I had called a couple times and been like, hey, like you know, do you guys know where my bag is? And they're like, all right, we'll call Tampa and we'll see. They call Tampa. No, they don't have your bag. And then I get a call like two weeks later. Oh, hey, Tampa had your bag the whole time, mm-hmm. and it's getting sent back here. I'm like, oh, cool. So the the, the multiple times that you called Tampa, they didn't have my bag. But now two weeks later, they somehow have my bag. All right, cool. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole dilemma. Well, well it, all, it all worked out in the end with the uh, with the good start down in Oxford. So yeah. <laughs> um, with social media nowadays, is it difficult to block out? You know, and I guess it's probably starting right about now, but it's you know been around the last couple of years for you. Block out that MLB draft noise. Is that is that tough at all? Um, not particularly for me. Um, you know, I can imagine it can be definitely tough on guys for sure. Um, you know, reading all that stuff and whatever. Um, for me, you know, I whatever is going to happen with the major league draft, it is going to take care of itself. Um, whatever I do is just whatever I can control. Um, you know, however somebody else is going to think about me is going to depend on what they see. Um, all I can do is just try to present my best self every single day and, uh, and let everything else take care of itself. Um, you know, for me, the main thing that I've really been trying to focus on, uh, especially over the past couple of years is just controlling what I can control. And for me, I can only control what I do. I can control what I go out there on the mound. Um, you know, if I go and execute my pitches and have good movement, um, stuff like that. Can't control what the hitter's doing. Can't control what everybody else is doing around me. Um, so really, it's just about controlling what I can control. Um, so that that doesn't really, you know, add any extra really pressure to me um, with the major league draft because whatever happens is going to happen. Um, you know, I'm probably going to get a shot at at having the opportunity to pursue um, Major League Baseball. Um, so there's not really a huge, you know, worry about what kind of opportunity that becomes, you know, whether that's 
somewhere in the third round or that's somewhere in the seventh round. You know, it, it's not necessarily a big deal to me because I know I'm going to be getting a shot, um, which is, is, you know, all I can really ask for. And, and whatever I can do with that shot, I'm going to do. Um, so that's, that's the thing for me. It's, it's about playing major league baseball. It's not about just getting drafted for me. Um, so the pressure isn't really there to, you know, try and get drafted as high as I possibly can. Cause whatever they're going to see, they're going to see, um, and whatever they're going to like or dislike is, you know, going to push me wherever in the draft. Um, so yeah, I kind of try to stay off all of the noise, uh, that happens around that. Um, and just focus on winning baseball games, to be honest, because, you know, that's what I'm here to do. Um, you know, being probably my last year of college baseball, I want to win as many baseball games as I possibly can and extend my college career as long as I possibly can. Um, you know, the thing you always want to do as a baseball player or a sports player in general is win your last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only only one team really gets to do that. Um, and that's just the goal all the time. So yeah, that's really the main focus for me is just continuing to try to win, stack up games together and, and make a postseason push. So, yeah, you you grew up a Yankees fan, correct? Yeah. Yep, OK, so so, you know, over the years, especially as of late, you know, when you really blossomed into this, you know, phenomenal pitcher do you when you're watching whether it's yankee games or you know different mlb games do you watch it with a different eye than just a reg you know a typical fan you know because you are a collegiate baseball athlete yeah uh, i definitely think so you know i'm kind of thinking alongside of whoever's pitching like you know i watch garrett cole pitch i know his stuff really well i know what he likes to do i've watched him for a really long time ever since he was with the pirates uh, i've watched him you know pretty extensively um so I've known about his, you know, what he does with his stuff and and what he likes to do and how it's evolved. And so I kind of pitch along with him a little bit and be like, oh, you know, I would go high fastball here. And then he throws a high fastball. I'm like, oh, we're thinking alike. Or (laughs) I'm thinking high fastball here, throws a slide around and away and gets the strikeout. And I'm like, oh, all right, I see how that could be better. Um, So it's pretty cool. Um, It kind of teaches me. Um, And obviously I'm not, I don't have the same stuff as a major league you know, certain major league baseball players and stuff like that, we're, we're yeah. all going to be different as pitchers. So um, I'm not going to be able to follow along and be like, oh, this is the pitch that I would throw. Or like, it's not like I'm watching myself, but I can learn a lot from those pitchers and I kind of watch it with a different eye and, and kind of pitch alongside of, you know, whoever's pitching for sure. How about that uh, that complete game shutout two weekends ago against the Twins? That was, uh, especially in the day where we rarely have a complete game and complete game shutouts nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. um th- did you get to see any of that and you know and the highlights and stuff like that what was that like yeah um actually we were on the bus to an airport i think uh at one point during it we ended the game got on the bus we're headed towards the airport and it was like the second or third inning when i hopped in and watched the rest of it um wow. you know it was looking like he was probably going to throw seven innings um and he was going to be at probably like 105 pitches through seven and that was going to be it, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I can't remember if it was like the sixth or the seventh, but he had like a five-pitch inning. And then in the eighth, he had like a nine-pitch inning. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my God, he's at 97 <laughs> pitches, and he go finish this thing out. And it was a close game, too. It was two to nothing. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool. Um, it's really cool to, to see, you know, especially complete games nowadays, much less complete game shutouts um, are really, you know, kind of special now um, oh, yeah. you know they obviously used to be a lot a lot more common but you know they've grown to be a lot less common as hitters have gotten better and and pitching has evolved too 
Um, so uh, it was really cool to see. It was cool to see just the the dominance of how to navigate through that entire game, um, even at the end when it, you know, he was obviously it seemed pretty tired, um, but was still just grinding it out and commanding what he could. Um, so that was really, really cool to see kind of that that fight that it kind of takes to get to that that level of throwing a complete game shutout. So yeah. And that that was a loud, uh, a loud fine, a loud if I remember from Correa. I think he hit it to the yeah. warning track. I was like, yep, yep, yeah. Um, you know, Cole kind of laid a fastball in there. Was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> uh, you know, you're either gonna hit this or you're not. Um, and and he hit it pretty decently, but not quite enough. So managed to complete it out. So yeah. And then, uh, you know, final thing. I know you're a big Syracuse basketball guy, so. I gotta ask, what what was your reaction to to Beheim's retirement? Like, were you surprised at all? And what do you think the team's outlook is now with with Autry at the helm? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised. Um, I thought Beheim would want to go out on a better note with at least an NCAA tournament appearance, and then uh, ended off there. Um, but I think kind of after his sons left, um, he, he could kind of see that you know it's I'm probably nearly done here. Um, you know, obviously he built Syracuse into what it is um, quite incredible what he's, you know, he was able to do as a coach for so long and he's still involved with the program, does a lot of, of stuff surrounding the program still. Um, but uh, coach Autry going to the helm is, is it's awesome. Um, he's a young guy. Um, I actually played against his son a lot in basketball yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've seen him around more than a couple times. Um, so it's pretty cool because he's a he's an awesome local figure. Um, you know, everybody knows him in the community. He's also a really avid recruiter. He's always out watching basketball games everywhere. Um, you know, he came to our high school a couple times uh, to watch JJ Starling, who is you know just transferred from Notre Dame to back to Syracuse. Um, so uh, yeah, it's really cool to see a guy like that, and you know also Jerry McNamara, who's one of my brother's favorite players basketball players of all time, regardless of college or NBA, anything. Um, and, you know, one of mine as well. Um, he's an awesome dude and he's always around all the time too. So it's, it's cool to see um, that they kind of kept it in house um, and just kept the Syracuse legends kind of rolling through the program and continuing that, that element of, of Syracuse that's really special, which is just the tradition of it, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're gonna do a great job um, with that program. Uh, at least I'm hoping because I can't watch whatever happened the last you know three four years of Syracuse basketball. I need final four final four appearances and things like that in my life to to make me a little bit happier, man. So, <laughs> did do you did you grow up going to a lot of Syracuse games? Oh. Uh alive. Um. You know, so season tickets all the time. Um, if not, we're buying tickets to go to whatever games we pretty much could. So, um, yeah, I you know I've been to the dome, oh probably over a hundred times. Wow, um, well over a hundred times I should say. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's uh it's definitely rooted in me to be a, a big Syracuse fan. Um, so yeah. <laughs> If we, if we, so Syracuse is a big journalism school as, as well in terms of their, their sports journalism, yep. you know? Yeah. So you're, you're aware of that. If, uh, yep. if Maryland ever played Syracuse in basketball or football, we'd have to call it the 
the Jason Savakul Bowl or, or the uh, <laughs> Journalism Bowl, one of those two. <laughs> one of those two, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Savvy, thank you so much for joining me. I know you got to get to the, uh, you know, get to the bus and head off to a UMBC pretty soon. So uh, I'll let you go, but really, really appreciate you joining me and uh, got got to got to learn a lot about you. Hopefully, our hopefully our audience will get to learn some more cool things about you. And uh, I'll see I'll see you this weekend on the, the road to Indiana. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep.